What's up, associates? It's a beautiful day here in Toronto. Sun is shining. It's unbelievably hot outside. I have yet to hook up my air conditioning. I don't live in a place with central air. It's one of my biggest regrets uh, in my life. And now I got to grind after this podcast. Uh, Donovan Bennett, I'm guessing that you live in a place that has central air so that when these days sneak up on you, you're good. I do live in a place with central air. I, um, I mean, it's a privilege that I have. I'm not sure if I have lived at a place that hasn't had it before um but i also um i also am pretty stringent on my use of the ac like if it doesn't need to be on it's not on i'm not pumping that thing for for no reason do you love the heat are are you like a make it as humid as possible guy i don't love the heat but i hate the cold I don't like <laughs> having like a draft all the time. Yeah. I don't feel like I need, it should be wearing a hoodie inside my house in the summer. So it, there is, uh, I mean, Canadians across our great land have all, for the most part, felt this. There is a nice thing of like, you're a kid, you're playing outside, it's super hot. You run inside, that first wave of that AC hits you, hits you in the oh. face. It's a, good, it's a good feeling, but I just don't, I don't want to live in that space all of the time so i'm monitoring i mean like 73 74 would be perfect wifey likes it at 72 71 but uh but yeah i'm i'm trying to save save some money and save the environment so i'm I'm not using the ac when i don't have to so i i can't believe i don't have central air like i set up an air conditioner every year like in my room just a, a a classic old school kind that blows in a ton of cold air I'm from Whitehorse, Yukon, as some people who listen to this podcast know. It's a semi-arid climate, so we don't really get humidity. There's nothing I love more than one of those first Ontario summer days. It's, it's the best. The sun is shining. The air is just a, a little bit different. The optimism is just a little different than I think in some other places, even the north where you don't, you just, it's more of a gradual easing. Here, all of a sudden, it just pops in, bang. All of a sudden, you're into a 23-degree day, and the sun is just shining, and the birds are chirping. It's beautiful. But... I cannot deal with humidity. Like, it's just something... When I first came to university in Ontario, I went to Carleton in Ottawa. I don't think I slept for the entire first summer in university. I think I was just awake and going in and out of... Like, going into a shower, pouring it on me with a cold... Like, soaking a t-shirt and then trying to go back into bed with a wet t-shirt. And that's how I slept for basically my first summer in Ontario. Yeah, I love it. You'll never hear me complain about the heat whatsoever. It's, it's, it's in my nature. Tom built family from oh. Jamaica and basically all of my people were originally from Africa. So yeah, the, the heat is not phasing me. Oh, I got the cold Yukoner blood. I like to keep the window open in the wintertime. How about that? Like, I love that draft. When you're talking about drafts, I'm like, mm, sock it to me. Let it creak in through and then warm up under a blanket. Nothing beats that. Nothing beats that feeling of it's freezing cold in the room and you're warm under a blanket. I never understood that. I, I had a roommate university who did that and i almost wanted to fight him <laughs> we have evolved as a species to to be able to have some shelter some room and board and and if you have a roof over your head that you can heat up and you're That's on this planet point. you're you're one of the lucky ones so yeah. it to to just basically screw face evolution and be like you know what I want, I want to make this a little bit more difficult for myself. I want that cold air in here. Um, no, not, not, uh, not doing it. Hey, do, was your college roommate also on the football team? Because I would imagine that the fight wouldn't have gone so well for him if he was not. 
Uh, I mean, it was it was a figure of speech. I wasn't actually going to fight over it. Um, he was uh, the person in question was on the football team. Um, okay, so you had to and was the quarterback, so it was infinitely oh. more valuable than me. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but no, does he have a mural? Actually, it's not something I was actually going to fight over. Uh he does actually. He, it's w- much larger than mine. Okay, fine. Must be nice to have a mural. Like, it must be a good feeling to walk up to a mural and be like, "That's me. I have a mural for my accomplishments." It's very I mean, nice. it's not Jordan Barcelona Olympics mural, but yeah, um, but sure, you still have a mural. It's a pretty sweet thing. So it's very uh, hot in Orlando right now. Yeah, <laughs> so that's exactly it. That's where I think we're going. It seems pretty open and shut that the NBA is going to be heading to Disney World. I think that there's still a remote possibility that they end up having two locations, that there's a Vegas and there's an Orlando. But the way that this thing is feeling is that at least 16 teams will be heading down to uh, to Disneyland for the NBA. I guess this is a two-part question for you. Do you agree that this is what's going to happen, that it's going to be the quote-unquote campus atmosphere at Disney? And secondarily, do you think the NBA is actually going to be back first? Um... Mm, no, I don't. And uh, yes, I do believe it'll be Disney. And actually, I I disagree with your premise when you phrase the question of, you know, it's not off the table that it, it could be a two site league. I, I, I mean, listen, this could change three times before the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I actually think from following the line of decisions and discussions that have happened. The the NBA originally, it's not a secret at this point, wanted two sites. They wanted Vegas, maybe that's the Western Conference, and Orlando, that's the Eastern Conference. You know, multiple hotels, multiple gyms, and you had your two little bubbles. The fact to me that it's gone from two to one says one thing, and, and it went from two to one around the same time that uh, the mayor of Las Vegas made an ass of herself on Anderson Cooper 360. And people then started to scrutinize on like, Vegas is not actually like this totally without issue, clean place that we want to want to put our league, but also the the optics of Adam Silver doing business uh, with her would not be good. So you go to one site. And so I, I derive that to be okay. Orlando makes a lot of sense. They've already had sporting events. You have this relationship with Disney and, and ABC via the wild world of sports complex on, on the Disney campus. You're, you're basically only doing this to give Disney content anyways. And as we've seen them basically squeeze every piece of juice out of the orange that was the last dance and now you know the Lance documentary, if you, if you just basically put their league on their campus, they can they can be very, very happy as a stakeholder. And TNT, well, I mean, they'll figure it out because we're partners with them. They run our, our website. Um, we, we really need to make sure that ESPN is happy. And so if you're going to one site, to me that means, well, it's only 16 teams. You're only doing this for the playoffs. And, and two sites would have given you the opportunity to get a regular season in or to get an expanded playoffs in or playing uh, type of situation. But if you're going to Orlando and, and you're not going to Vegas, to me that means at some point someone realized to do this well, we have to have two locations. And if we're only doing one, we should probably scale it back. Now, I'm reading into reading into reading into things, but that's where I'm at. What do you think? 
So we talked to Sham Sharania today on Good Show. It was really nice of him to come on because he's been doing some really great reporting on this and basically got to talk to him about every single thing, which was what scenarios are on the table, what is actually being discussed, what are we waiting for, all of these things. And he he pretty much said that, yeah, Orlando, if it's not involved, it would be a surprise at this point. And so all for all of the reasons that you just outlined, right? There's There's a natural business relationship. They have the space. They have the facilities it's in a state that is that is very open right now and probably won't see any closures there's just a whole sort of reasons as to why it would happen in Orlando and why it would happen there i'm less convinced about the second part which is that the one location necessarily means less teams it, to me again i'm with you i'm in the reading into the reading into the asking questions and trying to decipher what's happening but to me it seems as though the last piece of the puzzle is simply about what exactly the format is that they're still looking at whether it's a advanced straight to the playoffs whether it's the playoffs but with a little play-in tournament so that a couple of bubble teams get in or if it's just resume the regular season with all the 30 teams and figure it out from there just walk it in in the normal fashion i I don't think that they're going to bring all 30. I just don't see how they would be able to convince the Warriors and the Knicks and the Hawks that that this is going to be good for them or that this is worth a prize. But I can't help but feel like, don't you want to have Zion involved in this? Don't you want to have the Pelicans? Don't you want to have a couple of the other bubble teams here that that maybe did have an opportunity to sneak in the back door through a little bit of a stretch run and get a chance? Doesn't a series that involves either the Mavericks or the Pelicans do some good TV numbers, draw some attention and give it some momentum leading into this thing. So, I mean, what you want and what is prudent are two totally different things. LeBron James wanted to mm-hmm. play in front of fans. We know that's not happening. Here's the issue with expanding it above 16 is that keeping it at 16 is cheaper. One, it's safer two and the likelihood that you actually get to the finish line because remember the point of this is to be able to hand out the trophy mm-hmm. is to not have this you know war years type scenario where like oh yeah 2020 there was no champion the raptors were champions for two and a half years whatever it's going to be the point is to be able to hand out the trophy the likelihood that you get to hand out that trophy goes up exponentially if one you don't have a regular season and two you say to a third of the league, yeah, just stay at home. And so what what you really don't want, because then it's a wrap, is six weeks in, seven weeks in, five days in, you have a scenario where, oh, we got to shut the league down again. And if you're bringing in more teams and players and personnel, everything that comes with those teams, and you're playing more games, it's, I mean, it's just a, a math proposition at this point. The chances of something bad happening increase. And the amount of people you have to control increases as well. Yeah, I just don't know what the the odd increase is. Like, that, that part to me is very unclear. So if all these guys are being tested, and strangely, players appear to be pushing back to the idea of doing the nasal test. They're, they're looking into something else. So it's not just the return to play formats. It's still some, some testing measures that the NBA is trying to iron out as of today, Monday, which is when we're recording this podcast, that those are the last two hurdles. I just don't know if you're testing all your players and they're coming into the bubble environment and they all agree that they're going to be on this campus, that if you are asking the extra couple of teams that you're expanding this thing to 18 or 20, 
how much of a detriment you're adding here uh, versus um, adding the excitement or adding something that these players want or, or how any of this operates. How how adamant some of these teams are to try to get into the mix of this or, or try and feel as though they're going to add revenue. Because like when you say it's cheaper, it's it's cheaper from the standpoint of, yeah, okay, you don't have to take care of these guys, but you're you're bringing in shared facility workers to run this thing anyways. And when we're talking about adding money, you're definitely making more of a profit if you're adding some play-in games rather than just having nothing at all. Well, and that's, again, goes to the motivation, right? In terms of, so what is the real motivation? Oh, motivation money, of course. It's all to, money. Well, sure but but the money goes up in the in the playoffs right yep so is the is the motivation to make sure we have our our postseason and we know that's where the real revenue is from from league partners from espn or is the motivation to make sure that all of the franchisee owners because that's really what this is right these are all individual owners of a of a franchise no different than um, individual owners of Tim Hortons or Starbucks um, are saying, well, how are we deciding which Tim Hortons or Starbucks opens up? Are the, are those individual owners, are the, the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers and Minnesota Timberwolves saying, well, wait a minute, we have local TV partners, we have local ad partners, and w- the motivation for them to come back would be, we want to fulfill our obligations to those people and recoup whatever we can in terms of that money. So that's what the motivation would be is for, you know, the, the, well, I mean, the Raptors are making the playoffs regardless. So, the, so that's happening. But even, even if we use the Raptors as an, as an example, because it's our example, if the Raptors are saying, well, well, MLSC, we owe Sportsnet X amount of games and TSN X amount of games. They were going to get playoff games regardless, but we're still going to have to cut them a check for these regular season games that never happened, right? So that would be the reason to, to, to broaden the tent, if you will, is to try and recoup the most amount of money. Just some actual actuarial scientist, and to your point, where, where do the odds go? I don't know, is doing some calculation and saying, okay, well, you if you, if you bring it to 18, the risk goes up this amount, but the chance that you get all the way to handing out the Larry OB is this. 20 it's this 24 is this and then it's like well, what what numbers are you are you comfortable with you're looking yeah. at like do i want a, a variable interest rate or do i want a fixed interest rate basically so I, I think you're right that's what's paramount here which is get to the end of the season and there's no doubt about it that advancing straight to the playoffs that's that's the most practical one because of what you just said you're eliminating variables and that's great one thing that you just mentioned there quick side tangent before we move on is you just made me realize this, but the idea of cutting checks back to networks, I wonder how that actually works for losing regular season games because to me, one of the things that has really become apparent throughout all of this is just how much cable networks still need live sports. How this is some major reason that these things are staying afloat is that people go here for live sports and you know, Amazon is only getting wealthier. Netflix is only getting wealthier. All of these companies have only increased their, yeah, their value over the COVID period. And at what point are they going to look at these properties, these sport properties, and say, you know what, I'd like to be a part of it. And I do wonder if there's at least some thinking with these traditional networks, with these traditional television broadcast partners, if they're just saying, hey, don't worry about it. We're not going to ask you for that regular season money back. We just want to try and strengthen the relationship. Obviously, it's all going to come down to dollars and cents at the end of the day. But maybe there's there's certainly a element of hey, what do we trust in terms of our broadcast partners? Who do we trust when we're working with someone for displaying our product? That's gonna, that Maybe that matters a little bit. Maybe it's not a certainty that the NBA strokes a check back to those, those, those guys that you just mentioned. I mean, my experience with publicly traded companies, they don't say, hey, don't worry about it. 
right? Like you all, you have a, an obligation to your yeah. shareholders to worry about it. I think it's actually a crime if you say something like, "Hey, don't worry about it." It's a crime. I'll get you, I'll get you next fiscal. Um, um, but but so this is where again, and this is not just sports; it's every industry. Um, and the no industry outside of maybe airlines has been more decimated than the ad industry. So everyone's going to be creative because it's not just cable TV partners. It's radio partners, right? Who who has the radio rights? So they, you're talking about two major stakeholders in every market. Plus, let, let's use just an example of um, McDonald's. Where you score X amount of points, you get free fries. Or Pizza Pizza, you score X amount of points, you get a free pizza or whatever. Well, you're not having home games. You're not doing that. So is there a way that... You can make hey, a voucher. You can do a voucher for like an online company that says, hey, if you get this, you have vouchers for McDonald's. You add it in as a promo code. I bet you they can just do that. No, they certainly can do it. The technology exists, but it's going to be creative in terms of, okay, well, what's the value of that? A QR code shows up as soon as the Raptors score 100 points and you just take out your phone and you get the voucher to your to your phone. Okay, sure. But... It, but How's that company evaluating that relative to how the Raptors do? Does that company actually have the money to be able to do these things? These are all of the conversations that you have to iron out and, and figure out. And lawyers have to dot the I's and cross the T's on before a ball's thrown in the air. And, you know and going to be fine? Lawyers. Lawyers are going to be okay. <laughs> lawyers are going to be fine. They're going to figure out some ways to get paid. I, I actually hope we do a podcast before... Uh, we're back into the basketball just about, yeah, the business of this, because I, I do love to pick your brain sneakily. And, and I and I do mean this uh, because you're a humble guy. But I, I do think that you're one of the best guys to talk about sports media with in general in this entire country. So uh, we're, we're going to have to do something like that, uh, a podcast about what the what the implications of this are for the future. But we agree. The most practical thing is if they just go to a 16 game format. What is just before we move on, what is the one that you actually are most intrigued by, though? If you could have your druthers, if Donovan Bennett says he looks at the list of ideas that the NBA could use to resume, which one do you just like the most? So I'm actually going to go off the board and something that was not on the table. You know what I would love if I could just, you know, hit up Adam Silver, phone a friend style. And he's like, listen, um, I, I need an answer to this last question to make uh, everyone millions of dollars. I'm like, dude. Your work is already done for you. The NHL already did it for you. Take your top four teams, make them have a round robin. Imagine a round robin with Giannis and the Raptors defending champs and the two LA teams. Are you kidding me? That in the NBA would be amazing. Would be amazing. It's not going to happen. But wait, but I so your proposition is the four teams play for a different title than the other twenty-four teams? No, no, no. Because that's not what's happening in the NHL. The four no. teams are playing for seeding. So they're oh, okay. receding yeah, yeah, yeah. the four teams in their in their round robin, and then the the, the rest of the real playoffs, the tournament style playoffs, start with um with the other you know twenty some odd teams. Um, I I think that would be amazing in the NBA. Not happening. Though. Um, imagine Nick Nurse like just throwing out some crazy defensive looks in the round robin just to see how teams react. It's like, oh, will he use this in a month and a half in a seven game series? Who knows? I I think that would be amazing. Again, not happening. I think it would actually be better in the NBA than the NHL because we know in the NHL that being a top one, two, three, four seed overall, that means nothing. You, you, your chances you win the cup are just as great as you losing in the first round. 
Tampa Bay, Washington a couple times. So um, so I actually think that format works better in the NBA where the top seeds are, are certainly um, going to go further. Of the ones that were offered, I mean, who who doesn't love you a group stage? Like imagine match day six. Like we're going Champs League style. I, I would just love the fact that like a bunch of North America would just be pissed off because they don't really understand. Maybe could we even throw like aggregate in it? Like the the Clippers beat the the Jazz by twenty three, and that's gonna matter. Like again, not worst. happening. You're but I would worst. just I would just love you like everyone in, in the United States just being like so confused. No. Stephen A. Smith would have a heart attack on air. He would be so upset. Uh-huh. Um. And so, but but in, in reality, uh, the playoff plus, even though it sounds like a nice like NBA um package oh i got the playoff plus package i paid a little extra um it, i i i just like give me one to 16 recede i uh, i just that, hear just keep it straight i just hear alfred from batman going some men just want to hear watch the world burn like that's you you're just you want it to be aggregate you want something off the board you just want stephen a smith popping off and and here's the thing you just want to stand back in the shadows and cackle as the nba universe just immolates. That's what you want, and it's it's evil. It's dastardly. I I would I can't wait, even. But get... wait a minute, wait a minute. Why was the All Star Game this year interesting? Because had a little bit of a twist, a wrinkle yep. that in- increased the competition. You had a, a a number that you were shooting for. Imagine if Milwaukee didn't just have to beat the Pelicans; they had to beat them by seven. Ima- imagine. Oh, why did does he not know the score? Why did he settle for uh, uh, that two when he could have taken a step back and hit a three because he, they were they were down five and they needed to go up eight? It would be amazing. Anyways, go through the actual scenarios. Which one do you like the most? So I, I'm just going to quickly say about your fir- the first thing about the Stanley Cup one where the top four teams are playing for seeding. The only th- Normally, I would like that. My only problem with it is this, is that those teams are going to end up likely having to face each other in the actual playoffs. And so how much would they be willing to fight for seeding when they don't actually have any home court advantage? Well, they're, they're going to face each other in the actual playoffs, like at the end of them, assuming yeah, yeah. they make it that far. But I'm just but saying, I, that, I, what are they fighting for? Like they're fighting for who plays the Nets versus the Grizzlies? That, see, great point. And that is exactly my point. I, I view the same problem differently. If we just seed 1 to 16 and there is no home court advantage and whatever we're playing in the first round, best of five, best of seven, which is another fair debate and conversation, the, the Lakers, who earned the right to be a home seed and play games at home throughout the playoff and have this home court advantage, that home court advantage is burnt. What is the advantage? That they get to choose what uniform that they wear? Yeah, exactly. That they, they get to shoot on whatever end of the court for warm-ups there is no advantage so i actually think that taking those four teams that were good over a large sample size and basically taking them out of the utter chaos which is going to be the start of whatever this is i think is a nod to hey listen we see what you did tip of the cap to you we can't just put you on ice while while the rest of the league is getting the rust off, that wouldn't be fair to you either. So you're going to play these games against each other. They're we're gonna they're gonna matter. They're not going to be exhibitions. They're going to have some seating. But to your point, the seating's not going to matter. But what does matter is that we're not going to say we're gonna, we're not going to throw you in the same boat as the Philadelphia 76ers, for example, who who really you know aren't hurt by the fact that they suck on the road. 
we're going to say we, we rate that you had a great regular season and you're going to play three games max and then you're going to rest. And, and those three games will matter for something, but ultimately they're not going to matter for that much. That's actually why I like that is because it honors what those teams did throughout the course of the regular season. Where again, if it's one to, to 16 and you're, you're playing people in an empty stadium and there's no advantage, I don't know. I just think it, it gives the teams who weren't that good um, a bit of a of an unfair leg up. Like, who cares about game three? Game three is the same as game two and game one. The series doesn't change when you go to the other venue because there is no other venue. So that's actually why I would remove the top four. So we've got some new things for you this NBA season. And no, it's not just Terrence Davis playing so well. We have a newsletter that will break that down and so much more. Our weekly newsletter from NBA editor Stephen Leung. It gives you original content, opinion, analysis. You can't find it anywhere else. And it is delivered directly to you right in your inbox. Sportsnet.ca slash newsletters. Just subscribe and we got you. So I think the NBA can actually live the best of all worlds here that they are in a really unique position where I don't think they are going to diminish their postseason as long as there are still seven game series, but that they can really try and push some things forward that Adam Silver wants to do again, talking to Shams earlier today, he mentioned that Adam Silver for a really long time has wanted these play in games. And now more than ever, it just makes sense to me that this is the spot to do it. And I just, I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I just don't see a scenario where it doesn't make sense to at least try this now to have the seven and eight seeds play, you know, the, the nine, 10 seeds, at least expand the playoffs that much for these spots and do what you mentioned, add the twist of the Elam ending for these games, because who's going to, who's going to complain about this? You're already having these teams play in for something where they're not going to be getting gate revenue. It's simply going to be about TV money and player bonuses and playoff bonuses. So these guys are really going to want it, but add an Elam ending and see what it happens in terms of these playing games, do these things, and then go to your 16 team format where it's all seven games. Like we mentioned before, except for do the thing that you outlined. Now is the time for the NBA to reseed. Now is the time for the NBA to go one through 16. And if you really want to say, well, how do we wait what teams accomplished in the regular season? Give them easier matchups. I actually don't know if it works out for the Raptors. Would you rather face the Nets with no Kyrie and no KD? Because again, the assumption is, and it's been widely reported that those two guys are not going to come back. Or would you rather play the Memphis Grizzlies and have the JV revenge series? I'd rather play the Nets. Me too. <laughs> so reseeding actually doesn't really work for the Raptors. John ja, ja Morant uh, terrifies me. But yeah. it, here's the here's the question though about the play-in that I have. It's almost as if the two very good ideas don't go together. The the puzzle pieces don't fit. So if you want just to seed it one to sixteen, okay, sure, I get it. But then if you're having a play-in as well, how does that work? Because you're fighting for seventh and eighth spot, but really it's, I guess, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th. But if you look at the standings, there are five teams in the West who, as of today, That's would not problem. be in the playoffs, who have a better record than the ninth team in the in the East, the yep. Washington Wizards, or the 10th, the Charlotte Hornets. Like, if you're going down and saying, okay, we're going to play for a couple spots, do the New York Knicks want to be in a in a in a play-in tournament? Does Do anyone Chicago want Bulls? the New York Knicks in a play-in tournament? No. And so, if you were going to do 
if you were going to do 1 to 16 with a play-in, you almost have to reseed the league first and then play in for 15 and 16 rather than what I understand this to be, and that would be play-ins for 7 and 8 and then seeding the league. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, dude, yes. And I, you know what? I haven't heard anyone mention that. You're the first person that said that as uh, that I've talked about this with, and that's obvious to me now. This is one of those things like someone mentioned, I, I think it was Bourne, he mentioned that the way for the NHL to actually make it fair for teams that are getting in as, say, the if the Montreal Canadiens or the Chicago Blackhawks get to play the four seeds or the five seeds in the NHL, right? That the way to do it is wait the five-game series so that the bad team, the ones that squeaked in, the 24th and 23rd place teams in the NHL, they need to win three games, whereas the other teams need to win two. If you're the NBA and you're going to do this 16-team reseed and you want to do play-in games... Yeah, add the ones that people are more interested in. You're dead right. Like, no one wants to see the Knicks. No one wants to see the Hawks. No one wants to see the the crappiest teams in the Eastern Conference. But if you look out West, yeah, there's far more intriguing teams that if they do get into a 7, 8, 9, 10 matchup that I would actually want to watch. Like, how far down do you have to go in the Western Conference for you not to care about the teams? I would say that the cutoff line is... Like, I would want the Warriors in. So there's no cutoff line for me. I would want every single team in the Western Conference involved in this thing. The one I'm least interested in is Portland. And for whatever reason, Damian Lillard was on that phone call. But yeah, I I would love that. I would love that full reseed for getting into the playoffs if we're going to do playing games. It's It's an awesome idea. Yeah, so as of right now, you would have, my math is correct, you'd have Portland, let's say Portland plays Orlando in the first round and New Orleans plays Brooklyn, I suppose. If you're let's say you're just fighting for like the last two two spots. Um it it, it but yeah, you you definitely want um a playoffs with Jaw with with Luka. Um but then then where do you draw the line because New Orleans and Sacramento have the, but New Orleans and Sacramento have the same have the same record, so so who are you deciding? Are they playing in to get into the play-in? And then the San Antonio Spurs could easily say we're a half a game back, but if you look at our schedule, we played a tougher schedule, so we should be in there. We're better than Sacramento Kings, and the San Antonio Spurs are probably better than the Sacramento Kings, and so that's where it gets kind of tricky. I I have the solution. All right, cut the league off. Eight teams don't go. Cut it off at Charlotte. So Charlotte, Chicago, New York, Detroit, Atlanta, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Golden State, they're gone. Then have a 10-team mini-tournament. Again, we're way off the map here in terms of things that would get happen, but this is just fun. Have a 10-team mini-tournament that involves Phoenix, San Antonio, Sacramento, New Orleans, Portland, Orlando, Brooklyn, Memphis, and Dallas. Give buys, essentially, to the Sixers, the Pacers, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Heat, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Raptors, and the Bucks, and let those teams in that 10-team tournament play for the last two spots. One single-game elimination with an Elam ending. You know, I, I actually think it would be funny if you just said, listen, teams who are currently not on the, in the playoffs, some of you have no business being in this conversation. Know, yeah. yeah, I know, it's um, true. Some of you really want Your to. Your reward is to get smoked that. by the Lakers. And and some of you don't like don't want to want nothing to do with it, and you want to keep your draft position, which is totally fair. Because if I am Joe Lacob, 
I don't necessarily want Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins to have this amazing chemistry, and all of a sudden they're they're playing our way to the tenth pick overall instead of no. The that's first. what I'm saying. The eight bottom teams are already out, so the eight bottom teams are like, yeah, they're in the lottery, and then maybe what you do is for the remaining teams, you not only add a playoff spot, but you actually say, hey, if your team goes deeper, you're going to like you can't move up into the top eight. That those top eight teams have it. Or you can't move up, let's say, three extra spots. But that your lottery odds actually increase if you go deeper in this thing. I'm actually, I, 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 if we're going off the board, I would love a permission slip from your owner. Listen, teams who are not in the playoffs, do you want to play in? Fine, we'll take as many of you that are interested. If you don't want to, you want to go straight to the lottery, you can do that too. Forget about the, the lottery draft. We're going to have all our owners in a studio, six feet apart, of course, uh, wearing masks. And you, you hand in a permission slip. Uh, Mark Tatum, deputy commissioner, comes over to you. And you hand in a permission slip. You want in or you want out? Sacramento, Imagine really decide. You're out. Imagine you're saying you're out. Well, it, it would be this it, for many organizations, it would be the prudent decision. James Dolan, do you really want to do this, James Dolan? Or do you want to go to the lottery? Your choice. Your choice. Do you want to increase those lottery odds or do you want to lose to the Bucks? It's on you, James. <laughs> you tell me. I think that would be with ri- us. We're looking for content. That would be riveting. Yeah, I would. You're right. It would be great. Okay. So we are eventually going to end up with 16 teams. Let's say they don't do the secondary part, your idea, which is reseed the entire league for the play in tournament, which again is a really, really good idea. But do you like the idea of reseeding the playoffs for this thing to start and take out the fact that, again, I think the Raptors would end up with a tougher matchup, like from a non biased account? For the longest time, the biggest argument against the 16-team reseed was travel. Now that this is eliminated, what's the pushback for this? So one of the arguments on reseeding was not just travel. I mean, travel was the vocal one that people used. Well, it's but, killing conferences, yeah. Well, not even that. The real one is, is television. If you have a bracket, you know exactly who's going to play who. And as soon as those two individual series are over, those mm-hmm. teams can start to play again and you could start to program them and you could you could start to get them on TV. Whereas if basically there are multiple teams in play based off of the entire thing needed needing to be reseeded, for the most part, you would basically have to wait until all of the games or all of the series are virtually over. And that slows things down. And again, it's about money. But it, it, the, the reseeding for me or not reseeding was was about television and it, it had less to do with travel i mean these guys are traveling in uh you know first class with style they're not staying at, at, at customs at all and i mean when you look at the middle of the country the length of the flight doesn't change that much anyway so mm. if you I'm did not... end up with a series where it's like you have an la playing a, a milwaukee or an la playing a uh, Boston. Let's just say that these things happen. That yeah, it, it still travel still matters. It's still hard on your body to travel across the country. You don't recover the same way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You're there, no question. But it's not as if your body only hurts when it travels east west and not north south. If that were the case, then mm-hmm. Texas teams would be complaining about going up to Portland. But that still happens in the playoffs. So it's 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 not it's like it's not just the travel. Um, and there's so many days off in the playoffs. I'm not concerned about it. To me, to me ultimately, it's about uh, the TV. But the other part of it is to get that through, you know as well as I do, you need 20 of the 30 owners to sign off on it, which means you need at least five Eastern Conference owners to be like, yeah, 
I, I'm, I'm going to actively diminish my chances of making it deep into the playoffs or making it to a finals by playing more teams from the West, which for the better part of our lives has been the better conference. And certainly um, it is now, even though less so than I think it, it was a couple years ago. I do not think Eastern Conference owners are, are signing off on that. I mean, if we just look at it right now, if you're Philadelphia, do you want to be the 12th seed overall in the playoffs? No. If you're the Raptors or if you're Milwaukee, do you want to have to beat two LA teams to win a championship or do you want to just have to beat one? And so that's that's what I think. You We might get it in a small sample right now because everyone is just being asked to play nice. I'm still skeptical, but we might. But moving forward in terms of doing it all the time, good luck. Because I don't, I don't see five Eastern Conference owners putting their hands up and saying, yeah, I, I, I want those problems. Yeah, that's that's the thing for me is I get the appeal of doing it because you have this opportunity and I think it would be exciting and it would be fun, but you're not going to do it permanently. I just they're they're not the, the, the stuff that you outlined is still always going to matter when we do get back to some semblance of normalcy. We're not going to stick with this. The thing about the play-in games is that you could keep the play-in games. You could end up doing stuff like that. So, yeah, all right, fine. It has a place in the future. This one doesn't. So as much as I don't mind reseeding and as much as I'm kind of like intrigued by the idea of, yeah, the Raptors playing uh, Memphis in the first round and how it's like, woo, that would be kind of weird. That would that would add a little bit of something strange to it. All the Canadian guys playing against uh, against the team from Canada down in Orlando. I'm, I'm into it. My thing is, is that you're already going to have everybody at this point anyways. Like who's not going to be watching these basketball games? That's an NBA fan. You're already invested in the playoffs. It's a good playoffs. It's a strong it's a strong field outside of just a couple of teams. Like, yeah, you mentioned it. What'd you say Philly was? The eleventh, the twelfth seed right now in the NBA? Twelfth seed. Right. It, that's there's still a team that you could put them in this playoffs. And if Philadelphia ends up winning the NBA championship, it would be a surprise, but it wouldn't be the biggest surprise that's ever happened in NBA history, but like surely not. So it's it's a good field, it's a competitive field. I just don't think that you really need to add the the sixteen team reseeding thing because it, it doesn't have a place in the future. That said, I I, I, that's my real only pushback to this one. Uh, like from my standpoint, other than if I was an owner, I agree with what you said. I wouldn't want to add trying to fight through two Lakers teams. If I was the East, the East has an advantage. Why would they want to do this? Yeah. Like as of, if we started this right now, mm -hmm. the Sixers would play in the first round, the Los Angeles Clippers. No one in the Sixers ownership group is like, yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Sign me up. Let's, let's yeah, I, know, I, 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 know, I know you would be signed up for it. Yeah, I, I would definitely be signed up for it. So I guess this comes to the big question is that we've seen people like Shaquille O'Neal come out and say that you should just pack up the season and you should just shut it down and then come back next year and that this one's always going to be an asterisk. I, I, I'm, I'll just say from my standpoint here, I actually find that to be annoying i hate that position i really don't like the whole like shut it down shut everything down because we don't know when things are going to be okay that if they feel as though this is okay now that if they have scientists and they have doctors who tell them that this can be a reasonably safe way to resume basketball guys want to have a purpose i was talking to doris burke about how many of these guys want to get back on the floor and they want to be able to perform and they they miss this they love this that broadcasters and and rights holders and players and coaches that this is what they love. This is their passion. And guys who are currently on the outside, like Shaquille O'Neal, I don't really think it's fair for them to be commenting and saying like, Hey, shut it all down. Hey, there's an asterisk. 
you're not a part of it, Shaq. Like, you're on the outside now. Like, you had your chance. And I don't believe that if he was a player still, that he would feel the same way. And so if the league is coming back and they're going to be doing it in a as safe as possible way, I'm all for it. But when it comes to asterisks, where, where do you stand? Because I'm on team this has no asterisks. Uh, solely depends on who wins it. So, I mean, listen, if the Los Angeles Lakers win, if, if, the, if the Lakers win or the Clippers win, um, the, I mean, they, they proved that they were the best team over the course of the regular season, or a really good team anyways, um, and they you know have guys who are the best player in the world conversation and you know you can make an argument they're top five ever unless you're paul pierce um so yeah no there's no asterisk uh if somehow you know during the rest of whatever the season's going to look like if yusuf nurkic comes back and is a beast and dame lillard does dame lillard things and the portland trailblazers mess around and win a best of five and then you know some big team gets knocked off because they lose an all-star to coronavirus and the Blazers beat them and eventually end up winning the championship. Is there an asterisk? A hundred percent there would be an asterisk for me because the Portland Trailblazers were not very good for the entire regular season. They shouldn't be in any sort of postseason. So if some, but, but they, but they have a lot of talent and, and they could win. And I could see, I is, is it out of the, is it out of the question for me that, that Damian Lillard could just become you know, Dirk Nowitzki versus the Heat and go insane and, and win a bunch of, you know, series? Could they be the Believe Warriors? Like, yeah, I think they could. Yeah, I I, I don't I, I don't think Portland is a, a bridge too far for me, but yeah, what happens if the Rockets or Sixers win that I, that I outline? Like, after the years that they had. You're right. There's definitely a scenario where it's going to be asterisks or there's going to be the question based on who wins this thing. That if it's one of the, the top... Three especially, no offense to the Raptors fans, but if the Clippers, Lakers, or Bucks win it, we're never going to be talking about an asterisk except for some of the Michael Jordan people who, like there's some people that are just going to go into this with preconceived notions like we're, or, uh, or confirmation bias that if LeBron wins, they're going to tear him down for not winning it. And then people who love LeBron are going to say, actually, this one counts more because he didn't have home court advantage. And it's just going to draw uh, a fault line between fan bases that, that has already existed. Like, that stuff is unavoidable. But, yeah, I do think that if a team that comes off the board, like, yeah, Houston, Miami, Denver, one of those teams wins, that, yeah, we're going to be having the conversation about, oh, well, this wasn't really fair, and we're going to be examining their advantages or what happens. The, the big way to have this asterisk to me is if, if someone does get sick because the league has said it's going to continue on, but is the league going to continue on? If LeBron James gets it, is the league going to continue on? If Kawhi Leonard gets it or if Giannis Antetokounmpo, like, is it going to be the bucks just play on and they say, yep, you know what? Uh, Robin Lopez, you're getting more minutes because Giannis is out of this series against Boston and fair is fair. And this is what we agreed to. Those are still things that I'm skeptical about, but if everything goes according to plan and it's one versus eight, each conference, seven game series, I actually don't think there's an asterisk because it's hard to come back. It's hard to come and do this. And there's no home court advantage. Like nobody, it's, if anything, it's just a pure version of basketball where guys, it really is best on best. As far as I can see, the officiating should be better because you're not going to have fan influence. I don't see how this isn't a really like solid form of competition where you actually just do find out who the best team is that year. 
So the question is, is Lee going to continue on? The answer is yes. And people will use that either to validate the fact that it's not a real season. Or but you don't think that that rule bends for a different player? Like, you don't think at all that, that the consideration changes if it's like, oh, the Raptors lost Norm Powell versus, oh, wow, the Bucks lost Giannis? I mean, the Raptors lost OG Ananobi for the entire playoffs last year. Come on, uh, he, he no one was gonna no one was gonna say anything. Steve Kerr didn't coach for like two thirds of the playoffs because his back was a mess, and uh, there wouldn't have been an asterisk if Mike Brown didn't lead them to the promised land. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying there are people on both sides of the argument in terms of this coming back in the first place and how they feel about specific players, and they are going to use the outcome basically to prove or disprove whatever they want. And so uh, if LeBron James gets the coronavirus, guess what? Skip Bayless is going to say he's got, he's, got the, he's got no clutch gene. He doesn't know how to wear a mask properly. Like, that's basically what's going to happen. They're not going to say, oh, you can't judge the Lakers. And if, if, if Kawhi Leonard um, gets it, People are going to say, man, should have stayed in Toronto. Our health care is better. You, are, you already burned a year. The Clippers, now now you've got one year left. And could he be leaving already? The rumors, what's going to happen? It's it, it. People are just going to use that to confirm whatever they're going to say. But most importantly, I'm looking at the Portland Trailblazers depth chart right now. And you got Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Trevor Reza and Carmelo Anthony and Hassan Whiteside and Nurkic Healthy and Nasir Little and Hazonia and Anthony Simmons. I'm just saying. Rodney Hood, if he's healthy again, Zach Rodney Collins Hood. comes back. I'm just saying, you put there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of NBA vets on that team. You put them in a in a dorm for two months, mm-hmm. could they win a chip? I'm just saying. I, I I don't know what their their odds would be, but I might I might put some money on it, and I don't even gamble. I I mean you should gamble for that reason because you think the 29 and 37 Portland Trailblazers Dude, are going to win NBA championship. We've seen I'm just saying it could happen. We've seen Olympic Mellow. Imagine quarantine Mellow, like <laughs> biosphere Mellow. It's basically the same thing. Hold Olympics they were on Mello, a, on a biosphere boat. Metal. I'm yeah, just saying. I mean, when he's he can good just in focus the gym on like basketball. That. He's a beast. Yes. Yeah. All right. And he's and he's very good in empty gyms. We've seen that every summer. So I'm just saying, watch out. The narrative I actually like if LeBron got it and Kawhi didn't is that LeBron gets it because he's always has his mouth open complaining and Kawhi didn't get it because he's just basically wearing his own mask, doesn't open his mouth, just keeps his mouth shut, keeps his head down, and that's how you avoid coronavirus. I can't wait for Chris Paul to get a technical for breaking the social distancing rules with referees, like he's not staying six feet away when he's complaining. Yeah, or trying to break into the other team's part of the the quarantine because he wants to settle a beef, like he wants to get into their room. Uh, yeah, I, I just, overall though, if things do stay healthy, do you see it as an asterisk just because of the layoff? Because I think there is an argument to be made. This is my only one, which is that the regular season, you're kind of throwing it out that this is a brand new season. Guys are going through a training camp there. It's a quick ramp up. It's a shortened, it's just a stretch run without a sample. You didn't have the grind of the regular season. It's not that war of attrition that what you're doing is a mini tournament. But again, I think that there's other things to counter that. I don't, I don't. If, if my team, so let's say the Raptors won it, and that's basically how we should phrase this, I would not put an asterisk on it. I actually think that, and we can get into this uh, in future pods because God knows we'll have, you know, we'll have uh, the need to find something to talk about. I actually think the Raptors are uniquely positioned to get through um, basically a pandemic um, because they are so 
uber focused and follow instructions um you know better than any other group of players but i i, I don't see it as an asterisk because I'll, I'll tell you what i would put a bigger asterisk on the 50 game season like that to me that's an asterisk you started late it was a sprint to the finish it was super entertaining but it wasn't you know 82 games um uh, of basketball and so i uh, no i would not put an asterisk on it um unless the portland trailblazers win yeah portland trailblazers win you're right i i mean they got to shut the league down they should just they everyone says Shaq was right everyone says that the league screwed up it's an embarrassment for the league it would be it's like how everyone in the nhl was celebrating that the golden knights made it to the stanley cup playoff final in in the first year of expansion and i'm like uh that's not a good thing. That's an embarrassing thing that there's so much parity in your league that a first-year team can get to the cup finals. This is a black eye for your league. That's the same thing with this, is that underdogs, you can't root for underdogs like you can in normal years. What you really want is a top-heavy finals if you're a basketball fan because you want this to feel as legitimate as possible. And yes, if you do end up with a Portland Trailblazers-Miami Heat finals, uh, a lot of people are going to tear it down. Um, what are you watching on TV? What do, what do you got um, right now? Are you, are you into MMA? Are you into NASCAR yet? I'm watching Bundesliga. I'm a soccer guy now. I'm on your team. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Bayern fan. I'm on Davies. Uh, we got a huge game against Dortmund tomorrow at noon, right after Good Show. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I can't wait to watch Davies, who's basically Connor McDavid of soccer, where it looks like he's faster with the ball than without it. Um, I'm all in. Do you, do you, have, a, do you have a team? Are you, like, what are you watching? I do not have a team. I'm not. Uh, I wasn't that interested in Bundesliga before, so I'm certainly not watching it now. I'm watching uh, Marbula One, uh, the Marble Racing League. Marbula uh, One. So that is uh, that has been exciting. Uh, not listen. I the sports that have returned are not sports that I cared about before. So they are not sports that I care about now. Uh, okay. So I'm not. I'm not. I thought watching. you liked soccer. I like the sport, but it doesn't mean I watch every single league. Yeah. I Which watch league the, do you watch? Just MLS? MLS and uh, Premier League. Premier League. Okay. Who's your Premier League teams? Uh, United. United. Okay. All right. That's kind of basic. I was kind of hoping you were going to go off the board with that well, one. Well, I mean, my my mother was born like a tram station away from the stadium. So right, there's some... Fine. There's some history that I'm not just a, a wagon uh, jumper, but I'm, I'm watching. Like me with Bayern, who just yes. literally jumped on the well, wagon. That's, that's, of, that's yeah. okay. There's a Canadian on the team. so that's Yeah, okay. that's how I justify um, it. Have you watched him? Uh, uh, of course I've watched him. He's yeah. amazing. He's he's very good at football. Yeah, yeah I really thought it was going to be one of those, like, we kind of overstate how good he is because he's Canadian things. But he's genuinely the guy that leaps off the page more than anybody else when you watch these games. He's unbelievably fast. And he's playing a position in one of the best leagues in the world that prior to getting there, he had never played in his life. Yeah. No, it's unbelievable. I actually think that tomorrow, I'm, I'm treating it as though it's a, it's a Davies breakout day, that it's going to be a huge day for him in Canada because, yeah, people are going to watch. I think that it's actually going to be appointment viewing on Sportsnet where people are saying, okay, well, there isn't any other sports and here's the big Canadian guy. Let me see what this is all about. It's a high leverage game. It's the two t teams at the very top of the table. Look at me, Mr. Soccer, no one about the table. I'm, I'm excited for it. What about Netflix or anything wise then? If you're not watching sports, there's no way that Marbula One is like, I know it's got to be like 90 Day Fiance. What, what are we mixing in at, no, at nighttime no, when you're winding I, down? I did, no, don't watch that. I'll give you uh, a show to binge 
yeah. Amazon Prime, little fires everywhere. Um, really? Yes, very, very strong, very strong. Uh, for our, our Rogers Ignite friends, you can go to Amazon Prime straight from your Ignite box. Just even use the the voice controls. Yourself. Huh? Yeah, no, I because that I, I got to admit that I kind of rolled over that one and thought, eh, like it just it didn't really. Because I, I saw Reese Witherspoon in that. What was that show called? Little Liars, Big Little Lies. Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. I really liked that. I thought that show was solid, but then it got a little off the rails as the second season came, and I just thought, ah, eh, too soon for me in another Reese Witherspoon thing. I'm just not a huge Reese guy, and now I guess I might give that one a shot. I love Dead to Me. That's what I just finished watching. I finished two seasons of it. Very, very good on Netflix. I think Will Ferrell is a producer of it. Um, yeah, uh, Christina Applegate. Really solid show. Again, a little bit much in the second season. There's some like you need to, you need to have some gratuities. But overall, funny, dramatic, tense, solid show. Highly recommend. I would say solid seven and a half out of ten. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Uh, thanks to the associates. Please subscribe. Please review. Do all of those sweet things that you do, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, thanks to Michael for producing. See you soon. Mm-hmm.